This is CliffCentral.com. Hello, this is Shemaine Harris, and this is Beyond Ears and Eyes. And as usual, I'm with my lovely friend. I'm Liesl Tom. Hi, everyone. And with us in studio, as always, to hold our hands is Duncan Mabaso. And of course, to be our guinea pig, because today we are talking about something that I've only heard about. Did you just say that? Uh, Duncan has volunteered to be our guinea pig. He's or have you, have always, you asked his permission? He's always our guinea pig. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you agree to be a guinea pig today? Do you know what we're going to talk about today? It's going to be very interesting, so you may want to be a guinea pig, actually. He's always been our guinea pig. We've never had any resistance. What's up with you now, Dunk? <laughs> so what we are talking about today is the Enneagram And with us in studio is a very, very beautiful woman I have to say, when she walked into the studio, I was quite intimidated Michelle Bennett, thank you so much for joining us <laughs> Well, to start the show with such a compliment, thanks so much for having me <laughs> yeah, No, don't worry, she wants blood <laughs> It's the wonders of makeup, it can do wonderful things <laughs> Alright, so Michelle, the Enneagram this is a new word, but it's, it's been out there since forever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like I heard of the Enneagram in the 80s and it, it went away and now it's come on my path again. And it's kind of like one of those things that um, it doesn't die. In fact, it seems like it's becoming stronger. Most definitely. What is the Enneagram all about? So let's start with defining what Enneagram is actually. Mm-hmm. So it's Greek. Uh, Enneagram is for nine because there are nine types um, in the Enneagram that we that we look at and gram is for something written or drawn so it's the design itself the enneagram so ah that's the freaky word so when you're talking to people and going enneagram they're going ennea what <laughs> that's what it's you're talking a little greek but it's all it all has its place and it's a framework for, pers- for understanding personality essentially all right but there are many tests uh, saying that it's a framework for mm-hmm. um you know personality types mm-hmm. what what sets this one apart though the thing that really sets the Enneagram apart from any other um, of a lot of the psychometric tools that people use is the depth of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of personality tools go into behavior. You know, you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, you behave a particular way, we can understand particular behavior patterns. But what the Enneagram does is that it goes deep into the core motivation of why. Why do we have these patterns? What drives them? Because two people can act quite similarly, but their core values of Inherently different Mm -hmm. And that's what the Enneagram really boils down to And at each one of the nine core motivations There are different defense mechanisms Around each type And so there are different growth paths For each individual type So getting an understanding of the core motivation Is essential Okay, so there are how many personality types? There are nine personality types and do they, do some of them get along better with others? No, not necessarily. Um, it really is just a matter of, uh, the level of psychological health of the individual. Mm. Anybody can get along with anybody. Um, and of course, if the Enneagram is really used for, um, what it's supposed to be used for, which is to make better connections and live a healthier, whole life, then it can really enhance relationships, no matter who you are. So would two people who are, Number one, mm-hmm. would they have similar traits? Is it a bit like astrology where you can say all ca- Capricorns are ambitious? 
So let's say, for example, we had two type ones, and the type one um, is referred to as the strict perfectionist. They would have similar values of wanting to do things correct and following the rules and being very disciplined and very self-controlled. However, it's the Enneagram can't just be taken as its type as a standalone. There are many different fractal patterns that go along with it. What I mean by that is there are different um, – on the on the wheel of the Enneagram – where the one um, is is situated, the type that's on the side of it might flavor that person's behavior a little bit. They might be a little bit more thinking-centered than they are feeling-centered. So it's not to say all type ones look exactly alike. It's almost like thinking of cloud formations. Okay. You know, if you're going to see a rain cloud coming in, you can kind of get a sense of what you're going to get out of that cloud, but it still looks completely different and it's still beautiful, beautifully unique. So when you say the type that sits beside it, is it something like uh, a when you look at astrology about being on the cusp kind of uh, movement or not, not really, because you, you were referring to, um, you know, the type that sits beside it might, you know, influence a little bit. Well, it's not, it's not just the, the type that's on the side of the Enneagram mm-hmm. that will flavor a person's individuality of in all of us, the nine types exist. Okay. Into all varying degrees So one type one might have a very strong other type in their profile And so those two will look differently They'll behave differently So people will go How on earth did you guys both type as a one? Because you both t- show up very differently So you can't go on behavior But if you really speak to them about what their core values are And what motivates and drives them You'll find out that they hold those similar values And are mm. thus the same type I was going to ask where this was where the core motivation system thing comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you determine what the, the, this one's core motivation is and that one's core motivation is? Well, okay. Well, the core motivation is set to each type. Okay. So within the, the questionnaires that you were mentioning earlier on and in um, ours at uh, Integrative, Asks questions about, you know, what are the things that drive you? What's important to you? All right. And based on those kinds of questions, it's easy to say, okay, this is where the motivation lies and this is the type that's associated with it. Okay, so life experience, cultural experiences, all those things, they add to uh, what's going to come out. Absolutely. Okay. Michelle, just for our listeners who have never seen that pattern you have in front of you, Mm -hmm. won't you try and describe it? The Enneagram. So yes, the Enneagram, um, thanks, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially a wheel around which nine numbers are equidistantly placed. Um, okay, equidistantly? So they're spaced equally around okay. the, the wheel. Right. Um, so basically just a geometric shape with nine points where these nine types are situated around the wheel. And there are various lines that connect them. And as you go deeper into the Enneagram, these reflect lines for possible growth and development. Okay. Can you hold it up? Let me see. If you don't mind. Do the, do the colors have any significance or bearing on the Enneagram? Because it's a, it's a wheel with nine equidistant markers, but each number and I'm assuming those numbers mm-hmm. are the personality yes, types, um, has a different color. Does that tell us anything about that number? Um, I know that the uh, the artwork for the integrative Enneagram, there was actually a lot of um, thought that went into it. So I, I know that there there is some um, essence into why they chose particular colors, but it's not to say that that's a universal law. Okay. 
Essentially, it's just straight up numbers. And also what's great about it just being a number is that it's not loaded with um, expectations or one's better than the other, which is um, I was I was quite disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm, I came out as a type three competitive achiever and then I found out that, you know, we're all alike and we're all wonderful. And I was quite de- devastated. I really <laughs> thought that I was the best one of the wheel. But what we learned with the Enneagram is that if you're working with it appropriately, every single person can succeed and every person can Get that healing and self growth. Mm-hmm. But you're not and completely I, sorry, Shemaine, but you're not completely right, Michelle, because every number also has a name. And that name does carry some emotional value. Won't you just go through them quickly? Sure. Please? So just in saying that though, these aren't specific to the Enneagram. So in many Enneagram schools they've chosen different kind of words to capture the type. Oh, okay. So it's not to say that every single one is known as this. Um but we did Wide research to check the names with particular types until we found a point of resonance. But here we go. Let's go around the wheel. So for type mm-hmm. one, we have the strict perfectionist. Now for some, they might go, I don't like the word strict, but the word strict is about, I strictly adhere to rules. You know, I, I'm, I'm disciplined. I hold to a frame, uh, work. I'm dutiful. I'm disciplined and perfectionistic. I'm idealistic. I want, I want to get everything right. Type two, we have the considerate helpers. These are the types who are really drawn to to give and to help and support others. Type three, we have the competitive achievers. So they are drawn to succeed in life, um, achieve and be competitive. Type fours, we have the intense creative. So the uh, core drive of the type four is to, to be unique, to be authentic. We have the type five, known as the quiet specialist. These are deep thinkers, love, like to reason, value knowledge. Type sixes, we have the loyal skeptics. It's all about um, loyalty, trust, community, and being willing to ask questions and needing to ask questions to get clarity. Type seven, we have the enthusiastic visionaries. These are the eternal optimists, the yes letters, um, and their core motivation is to experience it all and uh, to seek, seek stimulation. Type eights, we have the active controllers. These are the types that really like to take a leading role. And are quite assertive and go into life wanting to be in control. And then lastly, we have the type nines, the adaptive peacemakers. And these types are drawn and uh, motivated to find harmony and balance and peace in their lives. But you say no no one is better than the other. I have to say type nine sounds like (laughs) like the one you should be aiming for. I, I am so glad that you mentioned before that there's no one better and that we, we somehow, all of us have a little bit of each. So it basically it's just the dominant side. But I don't know about just being a peacemaker. You know, you know, it's really good to have rogues around sometimes. Um, Liesl, but I, you know. <laughs> you know what's, um, what's so interesting about uh, leading in with uh, what we were just saying is I presented these personality types to a school to grade seven boys, not be in terms of actually typing them from a personality point of view, but introducing them to the fact that there are different personalities and they all belong. And we talked about the strengths and challenges of each one of the types and the boys were giving a feedback on what they'd learned. And one of the boys wrote in a reply slip, I realize now that without one of these personalities, the world wouldn't work. Wow. And that, that just, is, wow, from the mouths of babes. Mm. Oh, that's that's really amazing. Powerful. But then how do you determine who is who with the Enneagram? What do you need from me to to know what personality type I am? Well, or what do you need from Duncan to know what personality <laughs> is? Duncan just looked like a deer in headlights. Don't worry, Duncan. I'm not, not going to be doing any assessing today. 
So let's first talk about what not to do, because right. a lot of people who have a little bit of knowledge in the Enneagram look out into the world and they start going, oh, okay, well, that person behaves like that. They must be a this. That person behaves like that. They must be a this. And you cannot use the Enneagram and use it to type on behavior because two people can have exactly the same behaviors, but their motivation is different. For example, type one personality type, strict perfectionist. They want to do things right because it's the right thing to do. Type six, loyal skeptic. They want to do things right because doing things wrong is dangerous. So I do things right to stay safe. So on the surface, these two people might look a little anxious. They're sticking to the rules. They're trying to like get things right. But the core motivation is completely different. And so the self-development path and the journey to wholeness and self-healing is going to be completely different. And that's why understanding the core motivation is essential. All right. So how do you do a, a, a test to be sure who's... Who and who is the type one and not type six or mm -hmm. vice versa? So there are a few online tests that can be done. Um, you could also work with an Enneagram coach uh, who has solid knowledge about the Enneagram, but it's all really through questioning mm -hmm. because the person who's the specialist in your life in that room is not the coach, it's you. And so the Enneagram is a self-determining tool for you to sit and resonate with, is this me? Because nobody can answer that question better than you. So if, if you have a bit of an understanding of what the types are and it's presented to you in an appropriate way or through a, a, a very rigorous questionnaire, mm -hmm. um, it still stands to the client to say, yes, this resonates with me or no, I'm not too sure it does. And then to actually go through with an Enneagram coach to gain clarity or to retest. All right. And how reliable are online testing? Some of them, not not much at all. Um, because they, they come from a standard set of questions, everybody kind of writes the same test, and it doesn't really go into a lot of the various elements that would help really gain clarity on a test. Um, our questionnaire at Integrative um, is one of the most um, accurate tests available wo worldwide. And uh, what makes our test so different is that nobody writes the same test. So as you enter into the system, it starts to identify with the kind of answers that you are responding with. And so it starts to adapt and throw out questions that start to test theories between different types. So even though you might be answering a set of maybe 70 or so statements, you're actually drawing from hundreds of questions. And um, it's a pretty, pretty clever system that I've, I've given – probably done about 400 um, of my own Enneagram questionnaires with my clients and I've had about three mistypes which I think is when it comes to uh, tools like that pretty fantastic so I, I rely on it I really do have you done yours yes I have and I'm a top three competitive achiever so that um, was truly the truth that you said oh absolutely <laughs> and I was I was originally mistyped um, as a seven um, somebody who met me met my saw my energy saw my enthusiasm and optimism and she said oh you're such a seven and then I was talking to a seven and we talked about the reasons why we go to work and she was like oh it's so much fun I'm like I need to succeed. What, what, what's all this fun stuff? There's no time for fun. It's work, work, work. So on the surface, once again, very fast and moving, enthusiastic and optimistic. But what drives us is very different. So now having had this information, mm -hmm. how did it alter your perception of who you are and how you do things? <clears throat> that's such a beautiful question. And the first thing I'm going to say is that it changed the way I parent. Oh. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about Enneagram in parenting. Because as a parent, if I look through the lens of being successful, that's what I value in my child. 
So my focus is to see my child succeed. And without expanding my view, that might be the only thing that I'm actually weighing his value on. And so it's been a great passion of mine to actually bring Enneagram into schools for parents and teachers so that they can also expand their view because they may miss the true nature and um, and possibilities that a child might have to offer because I'm limited by my lens. Mm-hmm. So what is important to understand about the Enneagram, and I know that some people can be very resistant to going into personality typing because they don't want to be boxed in, the Enneagram actually shows you the box you've always been in. And now says to you, right, you've landed on the Enneagram. That was the easy bit. Now how do we step beyond and start to use all the gifts of the Enneagram? Because every single one of the types is alive in us. And it's like it's like having muscles. And we're not using so many of them. And the more that we can integrate these various elements, the more the richer our lives will be. I just want to go back to the, the actual testing. Mm-hmm. Are there questions to make sure that you're not – let me rephrase. Can you cheat? Well, <clears throat> you can, but the the questionnaire is designed to kind of trip that up a little bit as well. So there'll be slightly similar questions so that we can see that there's consistency in answering those. Also, if you want to turn out as a type, you'd really have to know the Enneagram well to be able to actually get through that test without there being any questions for us raising, you know, because to be a type, you would be consistent in answering those types of questions. So there's a lot of consistency and validity checks that are built into the test that help us ensure that it's as close to accurate as possible. And who wants to, because, you know, you mentioned something like 70 questions to be answered. Who wants to sit for an hour and a half? And just mess about with your time answering questions wrongly. Well, you know when it does happen, um, for example, if we're brought into um, a company and the company has not made it clear what its intentions are in getting their people tested, somebody might feel a little bit intimidated. Mm-hmm. And so they want to turn out as something else or they're fearful of that they might turn out to be something that's not valued in the company. So there can be things like that if the Enneagram is not placed properly. Um, the Enneagram cannot be used as a recruitment tool. It would be completely discriminatory to do so. And Why that, would you say that? Well, because every single type is capable of doing everything mm-hmm. with the right skill and the right support and the right leadership and the right guidance. We're all completely capable. Every single type can be a CEO. Every single type can be a bean counter. And to think that somebody's personality restricts them from being successful and productive in life is just discriminatory. But we can use it after placement to see, right, how do we bring this team together? Where do we get the gifts going? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this real skill. How do we bring that in? Because as we all know, when you really want a successful team, it's when you as a manager or you as an organization allow people to bring who they are to what they do because that's when the magic happens. Because, mm. you know, there are countries that look at blood types and say, really, yes, <laughs> they go like this. You belong in that group that you belong in that group. So it's pr- probably discriminatory, but, you know, it, it does happen. So I find it um, interesting that you mentioned that it does not discriminate. Not at all. Not at all. But is it not putting people into boxes? I mean, you said this is your box, but humans aren't comfortable with really being told this is who you are. We all mm. want we all want that sense of mis- mystery, mystique, that mm-hmm. I'm not this open book. Mm. I'll be honest, the people that encounter the Enneagram are ones that really do want to do some self-exploration, you know, um, I may find that during my life I, I tend to m- make similar decisions, like knee-jerk reactions that have possibly got me into 
painful situations and I'm, I'm wanting to grow and I'm wanting to learn. And the only way I can do that is by starting at, at ground zero and going, okay, so what makes me tick? And it's when we look back and we see, yes, these patterns and this motivation has been there all along, but it's not actually the only song I sing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like we're a guitar and we're only, we're playing our song with one string. And when we start to really incorporate all the gifts of the Enneagram, we can start to make real music. Hmm. Sure. So you, th- this is like if I, if I hear you correctly, it's a self development, uh, a self development tool. And, uh, you started with, uh, earlier saying that, uh, you r- really started to see the light when, um, you could see your children through your eyes from what you've learned now. And then you took it further and you took it to schools mm-hmm. and, um, and, and you, you, you showed parents and teachers mm-hmm. how to, to, to work with the system. What was the feedback from them? Well, in, in, you know, between the three. In every single sense, just appreciation and awe. Um, especially with our reports, you know, when the guys go through the first 14 pages, they kind of look at me and go, okay, Michelle, where are the cameras and how long have you been following me? Because it's really that accurate and in-depth. Um, but it's done in a respectful way. But in every single case, what it's done is it's given people answers and it's given people options. When they've realized, oh man, because of this one lens that I live in, I'm stuck here. If I did this and this, I could completely change my approach and I could do different things. You know, my, my husband and I, he's a type one uh, strict perfectionist and I'm a type three. And as the two of us, we were actually putting a lot of pressure on our son. And we were really wanting him to feel a little bit stronger academically. And we tried everything that we thought we could try, not realizing that it was all through our own lenses of our types on the Enneagram. And what we did one day is we actually, I've got a big Enneagram mat, which kind of looks like a a personality twister game that I pull out every now and again. And what we actually did is we stepped on every single one of these types and said, okay, what solutions can I get from this type? What solutions can I get from that type? And by focusing our thinking in these different directions, by the time we were done, we had ways to explore, to support our son that would never, ever have initially come to our minds. So that's why I say landing on the Enneagram is just identifying the box you've always been in. The real work starts when you start using the Enneagram for self-development that says, okay, so what now? Where do I want to be and where do I want to go? How did your boy change? Because obviously it must have had an impact on, you know, how he changed. You know, because your parent is like the thing that you just want to please. please. It's your God, you know. So you just go like, I just want you to be happy. And then, you know, if the pressure is on, obviously the Mm -hmm. behavior is different. So Mm -hmm. what happened to him? Well, as uh, as both you ladies know, parenting is an ongoing saga. <laughs> it's lovely after 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even better after a glass of wine. <laughs> but um, so it, the, the challenge is ongoing, but I believe that we're far more resourceful and resilient and patient as parents. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we have control over. Mm. But his behavior, did his behavior uh, also oh, change? Most definitely, most definitely. But I think because there's a level of understanding between us now, mm-hmm. you know, we understand when to push and we understand when to step back. So when you go to schools, do you do Enneagram testing on kids? No. No. Why not? Because their personalities are still forming. Mm. And um, kids are, every single action that they're, that you're seeing is either to gain love Gain support, create friendships, and so it's very adaptable. So in children, all you're really seeing is behavior. They don't know really what drives them until, you know, they're getting into their teens and even kind of within their peer, 
groups are starting to um, identify with who they are and what drives them and what makes them different. We've got a couple of ladies in Cape Town that are working with this um, with the Integrative Enneagram Report with teens um, in high schools, and it's been incredibly successful so far. Um, and the age group that they're working with are they're all accurately testing with the, with the questionnaire and getting a lot of insights, and they're using that for career guidance and and um, and that kind of thing. And that's uh, that's going really well. So, what did you say? What at what age can you uh, start doing the enneagram test? Well, our test is specifically designed for your late late teen young adult. Um, there are some people out there that say that you that you can type kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some parents that, that look at the enneagram and go, "I know my child," but I'm not I'm not aware of any tests that actually are um, solidly focused on enneagram typing children. Okay, so how many people actually do use the Enneagram to say, okay, that's the direction I should be going in and that's the direction I should be going in or that's the direction I should avoid? Well, the Enneagram, the interest in the Enneagram is growing exponentially. I mean, since our um, Enneagram, since our questionnaire um, was launched, we've done about 40,000 questionnaires. But where we're really seeing it grow, especially in South Africa, um, in the corporate world, it's really being used not only as a gift for um, employees for a tool of self-development, but it's an entry into coaching for increasing productivity, efficiency. I know who I am, so I know how to contribute to a team. So from at a corporate level, the Enneagram is growing by leaps and bounds. So organizational developers and coaches, they come on our training because we do um, practitioner training for them so that they can actually go out and use it as a tool in their coaching and OD practices. Okay. You're listening to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. Of course, afterwards you can download the podcast. And we are talking to Michelle Bennett about the Enneagram. Michelle, how does the Enneagram help a person to develop? You said, okay, you, this is the start. Mm-hmm. Now what? How does it help you? Well, the report itself gives you a lot of information and some coaching strategies on what to do and how to kind of restore balance and directions in which to grow and how to integrate other um, elements of the Enneagram into into your world. But it also gives us a sense of some self-reflection. You know, I think um, the first enemy we have in the room is ourselves sometimes. We can be incredibly hard on ourselves. And when we can identify with our type on the Enneagram, there can be a bit of compassion that says, okay, that's why. You know, it's okay. Everybody's just doing the best they can. So... There's a lot of great literature out there as well that supports Enneagram growth um, specifically for each type. But what's what I loved so much about this questionnaire when I started my practice was that it is so specific. And I mean, we've got two reports. The standard report, I think, is about 14 pages. The professional report goes up to about 30. But it's so specifically designed to each type that there's a specific growth path in there mapped out. So it's almost like your own little personal self-help for Liesl on the bookshelf. And it's really designed particularly for you to grow within that type. And beyond it. And can it be a, a tool to help you with your spiritual growth? Most definitely. The Enneagram is widely used as a spiritual tool. You know, if we take the Enneagram back to as far as people can see it going, it's the Enneagram is seen in many spiritual forms into ancient um, religions and traditions. So in itself, um, the Enneagram is designed to to grow, develop and go to transformation. That if, if one could actually step beyond type, then we would not be limited by any of these structures because we know that we're far more than our personality types. Mm. So I have also, um, 
seen them use it with uh, Christians. The, some of the Christians have mm-hmm. used them, and I thought, oh, that was that was pretty interesting because you know how it is with Christianity; they kind mm-hmm. of like just block everything that you know. Yeah. But with this, I was quite surprised to see them using an alternative healing tool. Yeah. Um, well, mm-hmm. the, I think um, what we might see in religions is because it has this graphic, some people can get a little bit nervous of, okay, what is the symbolism? Mm-hmm. And that can be quite daunting for, um, you know, or, or uh, religions that can be a little bit mm-hmm. wary of that. Yes, especially religions which are specific. Yes. Uh, you know, they are like, this is how it has to be and nothing else. So yes. I understand what you mean. But I mean, even within a religious context, one can take this true nature that God gave you and how do we develop it and, and, and grow within it and be all we were meant to be. So one can take it into a corporate context, a religious context, a spirituality context, because ultimately it's all about growth. Okay. So the other uh, thing that I also wanted to do, but Liesl is saying, hold it, get people to ask questions. <laughs> Our WeChat ID is Cliff Central, um, Twitter at cliffcentral.com. So, um, any questions you can, um, ask Michelle, um, and she would probably have an answer for you. I cannot, uh, guarantee that because I don't <laughs> know what you're going to ask. <laughs> this is the scary bit. <laughs> so can your number change? So your personality type stays the same throughout your life. But of course we mature within our type. So for example, as a competitive achiever, the way that I wanted to win earlier on in life is very different to the way that I do it now. You know, we, we learn how to strategize. We learn how to integrate with other people. So we mature within our type. But when you go, when you kind of get down to the, the nuts and bolts of it, it's still what drives me. It is that core motivation that's there. So one might experience themselves very differently now than when they were in their youth. And when we invite people to do the questionnaire, we say, look over your whole life, kind of look towards your twenties. You know, don't just look in the last week. Mm-hmm. Look throughout your life and see where the, where the statements resonate as true. But uh, could your mood have an effect on the outcome of, of your test? Definitely. You know, um, one wouldn't want to invite somebody to go into a, um, a questionnaire like this if they're going through very stressful time in their life, very pivotal change um, moments in their lifetime. Um, you know, it's also a tool that's developed for um, health, mentally healthy individuals. So it's not a diagnosis tool. Um, so we're looking at, you know, your relatively... Your mm-hmm. everyday person being able to achieve it, but if everybody's going, th- if anybody is going through particularly stressful transformational times in their lives, it's not the right. It may not be the right time for you to get an accurate result. It doesn't mean that you won't, mm-hmm. um, but it those kinds of factors may have an impact on mistyping in any test. Right. So uh, do it when you're happy or in a comfortable, emotionally comfortable space. Yeah, you're pretty da- your your daily life. As long as is you know you don't want to. We, we had um, so you can't be excessively happy either. Because <laughs> that also give a wrong reading Yes, and we do look for those kinds of things okay. as well I mean, your type 7 enthusiastic visionaries They're happy about pretty much everything Because they reframe every negative thing to a positive thing So in the test, sometimes they'll go We'll ask them about, like, are you stressed in this particular area And they'll go, think to themselves Yeah, I am, but, you know, it's all for the better So it's okay And, and so I'll give myself a little bit of a happier score there mm-hmm. So there's those kinds of things that are built into questionnaires as well To um, make sure that we're not just Happy, 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 happy. You've just mentioned the happy. Mm -hmm. How does the actual questionnaire look? Does it have smiley faces and frowny faces? 
it's there's a whole uh, there are various ways it's some of them are sliding scales some of them are kind of ranking bars so move the bars from most to least um okay. slide the scale from between this and this um so there's all of those different different ways that make it nice and interactive as well okay is that really <laughs> did she you wants really to know how pretty. Did you just ask that question? I cannot believe you just asked whether they have smiley faces on a question. But she was saying, then you make it happier. I will. I, I tell you, if you start bringing in those faces, I will not look at it. How often can one do um, these tests, though? Um, you know, because some people do it more than once in mm-hmm. a lifetime. Others do it, you know, once. Well. If you do an online questionnaire and you feel inside yourself that it is accurate, there's really no reason to redo it. You know, there's mm. that your your growth journey is there. It's established. Some people do later on in life just to check and very often they find, yes, it's still the same. But the growth journey of the type never ends. What is interesting about the Enneagram, I mean, you, you were both saying that, you know, you encountered it I mean, the 80s and it's something that you, you know, kind of came into your life. No, 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 no. She encountered it in the oh, 80s. Oh, yes, that's right. I was a baby that's in the right. 80s. That's you right. were in- <laughs> <laughs> with a snap over here. You were a baby with a smiley face. <laughs> yes. But the, 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 the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is that um, we're always learning more things. And the more people get into it and the more we are experiencing the Enneagram in individuals, the more we're learning about it. So even though people may have got their test done quite a while ago, it's always worth coming back to an Enneagram coach and seeing what's new because there's just beautiful growth paths and different different offerings that people are coming up with that are actually helping individual Enneagram types grow. And it could also be that the first time you did it, you, you, you didn't get it right. Yeah. So the second time you might get it right. That's right. And then you have to um, go for the third time to make sure you got it right the second time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sometimes we do get people that are kind of the um, addicted to questionnaire type folk. And um, when that happens, they often tend to mistype because they're trying to get to a certain number. And with that kind of frame frame of mind, the chances of you getting an accurate test are, are rare because you, we have types that come and go, okay, I really, really, really want to turn out as an eight this time. Like I'm really going to give it my best <laughs> shot. Um, so that can happen too. Because um, you were talking about the positives of uh, between one and nine. Um, what are some of the negatives? Or is one not allowed to ask that? Because you know, there's like positive and negative with everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so shall we, <laughs> shall we try again? The, the strict perfectionist was the one. And what's so, the opposite of that? So let's, let's just talk about right and wrong very quickly. I know we don't have much time left. Ah. But what, what's always important to remember is that they both belong. Okay. So for example, for the three, I want success. I don't want to fail. But if I avoid failure, I'll never succeed. Hmm. In the failure, I get the learning, the experience, the what to do, what not to do. So there are two sides of the same coin. So for the type one, I want to get everything right. I don't want to make a mistake. But if I avoid the mistake, I'll never get things perfect. You're so philosophical. She's just put a very beautiful spin on that. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) You just brought it back to holistic. I like that. Okay, so the considerate helper. Those are the ones that can be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So the considerate helper wants to be selfless and not be selfish and so ends up helping everybody to the extent that they're trying to pour from an empty cup so Mm. being selfish is about actually what are my needs what do i love what do i want to do because if i'm more of that i can give more to others type three i mentioned yeah um type four so the type four is driven by being authentic and avoiding being ordinary 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a kind of wanting to belong in a group, but as soon as I'm in the group, I'm kind of, oh, but I still want to be myself. So there's a, a bit of a push pull for a four and they have a, a beautiful, deep emotional world, um, internal emotional world that when expressed is, can be wonderful, but sometimes it can also be a bit de- detrimental if they're over, over emotional in corporate spaces, for example. Oh, right. Um, type fives, while they're driven to understand and get to know and, um, Gain knowledge They don't really like Hanging out with us Crazy people much <laughs> They like their quiet space okay. So a lot of the information Can come from books Or from direct sources But they might isolate themselves A little bit From from everybody else And there might be Great sources of learning There too Type sixes So while they seek to um, Create safety And understanding In the world With their questions Sometimes the questioning Can lead to Quite a doubtful Anxious outlook on life mm. because the sex in wanting to be safe is trying to check and what could go wrong. So sometimes it can be very challenging for them in their internal world to kind of see the positive when they are um, constantly looking to see where the dangers where the dangers are. And now the enthusiastic sevens, visionaries. So the sevens are all about experiencing everything, and I don't want to stop, and I don't want to be bored, and I don't want to be trapped, and. Whenever, when, whenever we talk about the, the little hardships of the other types, the sevens kind of look at me and go, dude, I have no hardships. Being a seven is awesome. <laughs> but the underlying, um, misconception or the, what they what they're not seeing, their blind spot is that they're actually running and racing to avoid pain and boredom. Hmm. So it's kind of like the theory of you can't hit a moving target. So sevens can find it quite painful to kind of sit still, focus, stay for a long period of time and stay in the present moment. Okay, so you're kind of da- uh, damned if you do and damned if you don't because everybody's going like, be happy, be happy. It creates a wonderful space for you to live in. And then you're now saying, go and sit with your pain. I mean, really? Well, think about it. Where have we really grown as individuals? Has it come from the happy days or has it come <sighs> from those times when you realized, you know, I'm, I'm treading water. We, and, and a lot of us do this. We tread water. We tread water. And sometimes you have to sink to the bottom of the pool and kick yourself up off the bottom. Yeah. Can, then, I, can I quote Leonard Cohen, please? Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Darling. There is a crack in everything. Mm-hmm. That's where the light gets. Mm. There we go. Exactly. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> up. Just throw down that mic. Throw it down. <laughs> number eight, the active controller. So the eight is um, wanting to be in control and take the lead. And where their weak point might be is that they avoid all kinds of weakness and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So in their, their their desire to avoid vulnerability, they get stronger and stronger. And sometimes this can get in the way of them. They, they can come across as quite forceful sometimes, which might intimidate other people. Um, I don't think I would like them. Oh, no, eights are awesome. I don't want people to, to lead me. <laughs> well, a powerful eight is not one that's kind of grabbing you by your collar and say, come here. They're the kind of people that are, they're in the front line. They say, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna win this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get this right. And I'm, I'm willing to be the one to stand and get the first punch in the nose. They're the kinds that say, if you come at me, you come at my team, you'll hear about it. So they're, they're the lion hearts. They really are the lion hearts. So they may seem fierce. Um, they may seem strong, but, um, and for any of the eights out there, you'll probably hate me for saying this, but one of our clients described himself as a marshmallow wrapped in um, barbed wire. Hmm. That on the outside, what you see might be fierce, but what's inside is really gentle. And he insisted okay. that it was a white marshmallow. Not a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> so would that be the, uh, the the shadow side of the eight? Yeah. Um, okay, so that hidden side. And then the adaptive peacemaker. 
So for the nine, in wanting to keep things harmonious and balanced, I want to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I actually can create a lot of inner conflict because I don't say what I want to say. Mm. I don't do what I want to do. I kind of go with the flow to please everybody else. And ultimately, that can lead with a lot of inner conflict that is unrealized for a long time. Awesome. Now, you know, what I've realized through our conversation now was that this is so not uh, the numbers game because, you know, you have numerology and you can, you know, you look at a four and you look at a seven and you look at a two and they all add up differently. And, mm-hmm. and but it's not the no. same at all. Not it's, at all. That's not how you get your personality. Type. Not at all. OK, but and you do you do everyone, you do corporates, you do schools and parents and, yep. anyone and individual development. There's a lot of coaches that use it individually. Mm-hmm. We've got a um, if uh, any of your listeners are really interested in looking at the Enneagram or if you've got any Enneagram practitioners out there, we have an international Enneagram conference that's taking place in Cape Town in October this year mm-hmm. from the 28th to the 30th. We've got some of the biggest Enneagram teachers in the world coming to speak. So for those that um, are on a limited budget and want to go and see all these people overseas, we're actually bringing them to homegrown okay. soil. Do you want to quickly give the website where people can go for information? Sure. It's www.integrative.co.za. Mm-hmm. And if they want to know anything about the school projects that we run, they can go to www.skillset.co.za. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle. Um, Michelle Bennett's from Interactive Enneagram Solutions. Am I right? Integrative Enneagram Solutions, yeah. Did I say into what? Interactive. Integrative. <laughs> integrative. <laughs> and so now this is just about near the end. So let me just tell you what you can expect uh, next week. Next week, we're going to look at Feng Shui. Um, that's Feng Shui in your house, your offices or whatever. That's it. And it's going to be Debbie Fox from Durban. And she's going to be talking to us via Skype. So I'm totally Looking forward to this Feng Shui thing. You want to rearrange week. your house, Shanae? No, 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 no. I don't want to rearrange my house. I'm selling my house, darling. But I want to rearrange the next house that I'm going to get, maybe. <laughs> Do you want to say? So not scared of oversharing, are you? <laughs> well, from me, Liesl Tom, thank you very much. I'm out of here. And from me, Shemaine Harris, thank you so much for joining us. This is CliffCentral.com.